Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined uh, from lovely Miami by my fellow recruiting analyst, Rob Cassidy. Rob, how's it going? Will, will, the, will the music that we don't have be synced in afterwards, or is this just no music at all? No, we're doing Raw Dog. Uh, <laughs> people without, you know, we lose Nick Kruger, and the next thing you know, the production value vanishes. Yeah, no production value. Sorry, sorry, people who love M. Deuce. Sorry, M. Deuce. Hey, you know what? Maybe we could get M. Deuce to produce the podcast considering he's a music producer. So what's the long-term plan here, though? We will have music going forward, correct? Yes, uh, we'll have music. I don't know about sound effects like before, but we're eh, working that's on fine. it. We didn't need the sound effects anyway. If uh, Well, you've never listened, so you don't even know what the sound effects were. <laughs> but I know what sound effects on other podcasts sound like, and I think that – the temptation is to get carried away with the soundboard and that happens sometimes. Yeah. It depends if, you know, if bald Brian is involved, you know, you've got, uh, you know, boing, boing, boing sounds <laughs> like morning shows. I, I do a wrestling some- podcast that gets way carried away with the pot with the sound. I do have some sound effects like this. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Can we have those? Hold on. I have this one. You have a 1950s soundboard in front of you. <laughs> it comes with your favorite the, sound from the 1950s. <laughs> All right, so, like the, so those are your sound effects. clinking. <laughs> yeah, those are the only two I have. Those come stock with the software. So uh, we want to <laughs> remind everyone: please tell a friend, leave a review on iTunes. We are doing two shows a week. Every Sunday, we have a guest on. Uh, at some point, Rob and I will do it together, maybe when I can't get a guest, which has almost happened several times. But, you know, it's busy on the weekend, so uh, we just kind of do what we can. But, Rob, let's get right into uh, this week's games. It's time to pick. You are 8-2 and two on the season. You've only been on here to make picks for two weeks. Uh, maybe, maybe that's your strategy. Do you only come on when you know yeah. that you've got locks? Have, yeah, only when I get information from people through the back door about injuries. So, uh, so last week I went three and two and Dave Lackford went one and four. What a performance. Uh, he's begging to come on the show and then he comes on and goes one and four on the pick. Sorry, Lackford, you're now in last place. Uh, I'm 18 and 17 on the year. So we are, we are above, uh, sea level there at least. So let's go right away. Uh, Oregon is a three point underdog at Washington state coming off a big win over Washington. We just learned that their starting left tackle, who's a true freshman, uh, Panay Sewell, also known as Buncha, uh, to those <laughs> close to him, as I found out once because his dad was like, hey, Buncha is going to call you. And I was like, "I ha- who? <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Uh, Didn't they call that Fournette Booga Joe? No. I don't know. I don't know if they called somebody, you know, somebody was Booga Joe, and I thought he was Booga Joe. Well, there was, there was uh, Booga Nation – was part of his uh, thing. So I don't know if he was just Booga or anyway, yeah, Booga, I don't know. Yeah, man, Nevertheless, he's out for six weeks. He missed a lot of the second half last week though. And they, they seem to not really skip a beat against Washington, uh, but he is protecting Herbert's uh, backside there. So that's a big injury. they are three point underdogs going to Washington state. This is a classic pack 12 after dark game starts at 10 30 Eastern. I know I'm gonna be struggling to stay up to watch it, but uh, guess what? Give me, give me the old ducks here. You're gonna, you know, sorry, sorry, Washington State. I know you get three points for being the home team, but uh, I think Oregon's rolling right now, and I think the way they're playing with that physical style of play uh, is gonna benefit them in this one. What do you think, Rob? This line makes me feel weird. I, I don't. I feel like it's wrong, which makes me think Vegas 
is probably right. Uh, you know, I start overthinking myself. Give me, you know, I think they're, I think they'll miss your boy Boonsha. Give me, give me Washington State and give me Mike Leach. Wow, to cover three points. That's a, a bold pick for Rob, but as yeah, we mentioned, I'm telling you, I, there's something about that line that seems fishy to me. Well, I'm going to try to pull. I was actually trying while you were talking. I was trying to pull up the, uh, you know, the the classic. Uh, it did open. It opened at uh, two. It has gone up to three. So, huh. that's, that that's fans pretty heaven. Right, exactly. All right, uh, Michigan, a seven point favorite, uh, going to Michigan State. Seven points on the road is a lot. I I have not figured. I don't know if I picked one Michigan game correct all year. I I picked them to not cover last week. They did. They. Uh, <laughs> They did cover easily. Then when they played SMU, I picked them to cover easily, and somehow they didn't. So I don't really know. But I know I've also picked Michigan State incorrectly several times over again. So I'm going to pick Michigan. I just have more faith in them, even though they do play much worse on the road uh, during the Jim Harbaugh era. Rob, what do you think? Give me Michigan as well. I just don't think – I think last week might have been a little bit flukish. I don't think Michigan State is very good. Um, yeah, give me the Wolverines. All right, NC State going to Clemson, getting 17 and a half points. That's a big number. And guess what? I'm going to take the Wolfpack. They're undefeated. Clemson has been so so slow to start games this year. Uh, I know Trevor Lawrence should be fully healthy. He, he should actually have a pretty big advantage having two weeks to prepare. I think they win. I just don't trust them to cover 17 and a half given some of the games they played this year. And I think, you know, NC State's got a veteran quarterback. Clemson's secondary has given up some big yards this year. So so give me the Wolfpack. I like Ryan Finley. So this is not an indictment of the NC State quarterback. I think he's very good. I think Clemson's defense is just that much better. I think they're going to struggle to score. I think NC State is going to – I will be shocked if they score more than – 14 points in this game. So give me Clemson to cover. Do you remember at the beginning of the year, one of my locks, one of my stone cold locks was NC state to cover seven and a half wins. They're five and oh, but the bet was canceled because the game with West Virginia got canceled. Yeah. So that got me. I had a stone cold lock of Florida going under last year before all the arrests. And then the hurricane canceled a game and I got screwed, even though they won like what were they went four games last year. <laughs> right, and the over under was like eight. So it's like, how does that one game affect the bet? But uh, that's a, those are the those are the rules out here in the streets. Mississippi State going to LSU and getting six and a half points. LSU perhaps in a letdown uh, spot here, coming off that big win against Georgia. Mississippi State, of course, smoked them last year. This is an interesting one because I could see it going one of two ways. I could see it being like one of those tight games that goes down to the end, or I could see you know, LSU just completely shutting down Mississippi State's offense. I'm going to take the points just because six and a half is a lot, and I don't really have faith in LSU to to, to blow to blow them out, but I don't feel confident at all. What do you think, Rob? Give me the Tigers. I think they can win this game by a score. I've been so wrong about them since the beginning of the year. I think I, I picked their win total way under. Even the first few weeks of the season, I was kind of trying to fade them, and they were punishing me for that. I cannot figure this team out. So I, I'm just going to switch sides. Give me the Tigers. All right. And last but not least, uh, Oklahoma traveling to TCU. Consider yourself horned, Sooners fans. You're going to uh, <laughs> to Fort Worth. Hope you stop by Studio 80, which uh, Kruger and I love to uh, frequent when we're in town. But guess what? Eight points. Oklahoma wins this game by mm, 28. I would say 
tease the lineup, Rob. Put a, <laughs> put them in there. I'm taking the Sooners uh, big. I think uh, at TCU. Yeah, we agree here. I'm going to take. Uh, I think Trey Sermon has a big day uh, running the ball against TCU, even though their defense is supposedly good. I haven't seen much evidence of that, so give me the Sooners. Yeah, TCU is three and three. They're one and two, one and two in the conference. Uh, I think they're kind of living off reputation. If you go and look at the teams they've they've beaten, okay, they beat SMU, they beat Iowa State, which was a good which was a good win it's last not week. A good win. Okay, well, listen, it it was a good win with 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 Purdy playing. Which sure. I think he did play that game. You, you did Iowa State did just beat. West Virginia. But they so. beat somebody every year. Like they, they win one game and then they go, they win seven games and then everybody acts like they've won the national championship and their coach should be hired at Alabama the next day. That's, <laughs> that's what happens. That's what we did with Paul Rhodes. It's what we're doing with Campbell. It's, it's Excuse cycle. me. It's the Iowa State cycle. It was not a good win. I take it back because Brock Purdy wasn't playing. Have you seen, have you watched Iowa State's new quarterback? No, I don't watch Iowa State. Okay. <laughs> I don't <laughs> not hate no, Iowa State. No, so. no, I do not hate Iowa State. I've seen I've seen them play, yes. He is from he's he, from Arizona. I remember that kid. Uh he was in the class after I left. I did not rank him. Um but he, yeah, he's from I think he's from Chandler. Well, he's a uh he, he's a guy that I would definitely get behind if I was the f- them, but Nevertheless, Oklahoma is going to blow them out. So uh, let's jump into the topics. Boy, it's been a it's been a crazy twenty four hours. As a former five star Nick Bosa, who you famously covered in high school, when uh, he would talk to you, which was probably <laughs> which is very rare. Yeah. How, how many times would you say you talked to Nick Bosa when he was in high school? Uh, just at games, I'd say I probably spoke to him three times or so. Yeah, and, and he flat out told you, "I'm not I'm not coming to camps." So he doesn't do. Camps. See, I respect that. I like that. Don't bother inviting me to camps because I don't do camps. And he didn't need to anyway. He had no business that I had camps. Everybody knew who he was. So, well, guess what? He didn't do camps. He doesn't do football either, Rob. <laughs> you want to talk about a good morning show segue. <laughs> he doesn't even do games. Uh, he decided he got hurt early in the year. I think it was in the TCU game. Sort of a weird injury, a core injury, which – you know, based I, I did some research on it, and the way it sounded it sounded very, very, very uncomfortable. Um, so he decides he's not going to go back to Ohio State. He is going to focus on the NFL draft. I was actually told this about a week ago, two weeks ago. Say, hey, Bose is not going to go back to school, but it wasn't like a situation where I could do any reporting because it was just a secondhand uh, source. Now, maybe if I cover the NBA, I could uh, have tweeted it and pretended I I had the news first. Shots fired at NBA media, but uh, he, it, it, it comes out. It's official now. He's not coming back. Urban Meyer addressed it. And uh, boy, people, you know, the, the reaction, obviously, you know, we have some articles up on it. My reaction was sort of a shrug, even though I guess I already knew it was coming. What was your initial take, Rob, when you heard it? Did you care at all? I, I always kind of figured we were headed in this direction. Like, this is just what we do now and it's fine. And I know I don't care and I think it's good. I would, like I said, I would do the same thing. If I had an injured toe that felt like it might be a problem and be made worse by playing football and I was this close to making all that money, I would shut it down. So I don't blame the guy. I would, I would have done the same thing. I, but I, the people that are shocked by this are the ones on either side that the people that are like, oh, blah, 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 and just seem surprised are the people that I don't understand. Of course he should. I mean, this isn't the first time a player's done this. It just, it, I mean, it happens. 
Well, so here's what I wanted to compare it to. How many times does this happen in high school? This happens every fall. Jalen Hurd famously did this. He hurt his shoulder in the first game of the year in like mid-August, and he could have come back and played later in the season, but people said, no, don't come back and don't risk getting injured. Go to college. I mean, how is it any different? I mean, Adrian Martinez did not play last year at all in high school, and he went to Nebraska. Now, pe- people view him, you know, there's some talk of him being a quitter. Yeah. My, my the reason is, that it's different is because football guy 313 on the local college message board doesn't follow high school football uh, and get to scream and yell and kick his legs because a teenager is trying to make a million dollars instead of please him. Uh, that's why it's different. That's why you don't hear about it. Um. <laughs> well, I'm getting chided right now in a text message for not only needing one espresso shot in my coffee. So you know, let's talk about that later, Rob. You're a coffee connoisseur. I'm, I'm tired of being coffee shamed. What does it matter? Um, I think I, I don't. I don't well, these, we'll talk about it at the end of the show. So you're right about that. I just think that you know, people. Oh, is this going to become a trend? Well, there are only a few select players that are this good that they can leave halfway through the year uh, and, and still be a first-round pick. I mean, we heard, we talked about – remember Clowney? We talked about him sitting out the entire season. Remember when he was going into his junior year? Yeah. Yeah, and people thought he was going to do it. Right. It's like, you know, I promise you that that there are every, – everyone on Ohio State, I would say most of the team, and, and you know this, we spend a lot of time around football players, 80%, maybe 90% of the players on that team are like, you know, he's already gone, so they're not missing him. You know, when someone gets injured, the, the team is not sitting there being like, hey, when does Nick come back? Maybe he'll save our season. Football players don't think like that. They are <laughs> all you know, they have supreme confidence in themselves, and he's been replaced by multiple five-stars or high four-stars who are like, good, he's gone, now I get to play. And I don't think that anyone there is going to – and they're like, hey, you know, I promise you he told his teammates and they were like, all right, handle your business, you know? Yep. Go touch money, son. Right. Exactly. Because that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is not – people in high school are not like, I want to win the national championship. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've never heard a kid say I don't know. You know, they want to make it to the league. That's the goal. Um. And I know for if you're a fan of the game, for someone who covers the game, if you have, you know, old school values of, you know, this is a team sport. Blah, or you blah, just blah, want to pretend blah. to have old school values on the internet for likes and retweets. Right. Well, so I, I just think it's my opinion. I don't I don't care. Good for Nick Bosa. And, you know, Lockford and I talked about this last week where it was like, you know, I tell kids who are, who are even mad about their rankings, go make me look wrong and go get paid, make money, <laughs> you know, Um if people could leave – this is no different to me than leaving or what leaving in the middle of the season or if he left after the season. I mean, it's, so if he leaves after his junior year, is he quitting on the team because he was still at a year of eligibility left? Hey, you quit. You quit a whole season. No. no. <laughs> the, the other thing is I want to point this out. I really haven't seen that much of people blaming him. I, I think that's gotten better. I think that's kind of maybe a little bit – I mean, it definitely happens. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. But it's not as widespread as people think it is where everybody's appalled, I think. I think there's more people on our side uh, than there are people that are that are upset with him leaving. Well, one thing that people might not realize is that when you sign with an agent 
Okay, so so Nick Bosa cannot, you know, obviously the, he has access to money considering his brother was a first round pick and everything like that, uh, and he went to a private school down in in South Florida. But when you're at Ohio State and you're on the team and you're rehabbing, you're still limited. You sign with an agent. That agent, especially when you're going to be a high draft pick like him, that agency is going to invest money in you. They're a they're going to give you money, walking around money, as they say. B, he could sign with the shoe company now. He could sign with, with Nike or Adidas tomorrow, right? Yeah. Which I'm sure is probably already in the works. C, they are going to send him to like the ultimate rehab facilities. He's not going to be wor- working with the Ohio State student trainer or whatever, or their training staff. He's going to go somewhere where professional athletes rehab in the mountains of Colorado or something. Bosa <laughs> seems like an Adidas guy to me. Yeah, I would say, I would say that would be the odds-on favorite, yeah. uh, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. I don't know. I I don't have any inside information on that, but uh, I would say yes uh, if if we were handicapping. So anyway, it, it's it sort of sucks if you're an Ohio State fan, but this is no different than a player transferring, a player late, you know, a player leaving early for school. You knew he wasn't going to come back. You know, he's not he's not been on the team for three or four weeks anyway. So, you know, next man up. That's what I always say. And uh, <laughs> have you ever heard that, Rob? You ever heard anyone say next man up? Or is that? Uh, I think that's a football up? coach thing. I, oh, I have okay. heard it from football. Coaches. Oh, okay. I thought I just made it up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we'll we'll follow that story. But my guess would be he will be no worse than a top five pick. He's. I'll tell you what uh, he's going to get in trouble is there's going to be some – the next time we'll hear his name is because he's going to have – they're going to have some problematic old tweets from him or something because he's very oh, no, they got spoken. No. Yeah, that's coming. I mean, that's definitely coming. Yeah, they had some – you know, I think he called Colin Kaepernick a clown – uh, and there was some other Trump. Yeah, he's definitely a red hat. He's definitely a red hat wearer. There's, right. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt. Right, exactly. It. So yeah, that, that, we'll, we'll revisit that story in February when we have nothing to talk about. That's when those tweets will come up. Uh, okay. So moving on, Rob, we've had a lot of field storming lately. We had a lot of top, t- top 10 teams go down teams rushing the field. The SEC has a policy where they find teams, I think a hundred thousand dollars. And I think it stems from basketball too. I think uh, it's they don't like want- a warning, and then the second one is a hundred grand, and then the, th- the third one is two fifty or something. Okay, so so here's the thing. So so what is that? Who does that incentivize? That I guess that that incentivizes the school to have more security to keep people from rushing the field. Yeah, I don't because know what they want them to do if they want them to get military police or tanks or <laughs> mace. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, what, what are we doing here? So, so imagine, imagine you're a student at a school, which we both were. Uh, we both have college degrees. Big shout to us. Although, do you do you have yours mounted, Rob? Because I don't know where mine is. Mine is in a safety deposit box. Okay, I, I work I so. That's an Italian family thing. My mom insists to put everything in a safety deposit box. Everything. It's uh, she's obsessed well, with the thing. Uh, my mom would not pay money to rent a safety deposit box. <laughs> Especially from from my diploma, which uh, she uh, refused to contribute any uh, financial means towards. Uh, big shout to my mom. Still waiting on that package to come in the mail, Rob. Uh, so. <laughs> Woody's mom issues hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big shout to her. You should have heard Sam Spiegelman when I started talking about it on Sunday's show, and he had I completely caught him off guard because he clearly had never listened. Oh, because he's like a normal uh, person. That yeah, that, right. <laughs> That, that loves his mother. Uh, so anyway, uh, getting back to the task at hand, 
if you're a student at a school, you you don't care. I don't care if they find a school ten million dollars. If I'm drunk and want to run on the field and celebrate, I'm going to. Hundred uh, percent. Now, growing up, I grew up in Oregon, and it was standard procedure. When the game ended, everyone went on the field, win or lose. It's not like storming the field. It was just like kids are out there playing catch. You can go up and say hi to the players, take a picture or or whatever, right? Yeah. I think they changed it at some point to where, hey, the visiting team's got to get off the field first. What happens if visiting fans storm your field? Do you still get the fine? If it, Let's say it's like a rivalry game. Like a bunch of fans drive over from LSU and take over Vanderbilt Stadium or something. And then they win the game and the LSU students rush the Vanderbilt field. Who gets fined? Boy, that's a good question. Um, take it up with uh, Mike Slive. Is he still the commissioner? <laughs> Who's the SEC? <laughs> because this, there is precedent for this. This happened once. Uh, famously, famously in my neck of the woods anyway, when you went to Kansas State, the K-State fans once rushed the field and tore down the goalposts on Kansas' stadium. If that happens, who do you find? I, I don't know. Here's my problem with the fining. Now, at UCF, when I was in college, you could not storm the field. And the way they put the student section, the student section was so high up off the ground. Like, and you could still, it's still like that. I mean, you're talking about it had like a five foot fence or, a, you know, maybe a four foot fence, but then it was still like 10 feet off the ground. So if you jump that fence, you're looking at a 16 foot drop, right? Oh, it. And there were cops down there that would just arrest you. So unless everybody went, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're all, you know, if five people go, they're getting arrested, uh, which is, is, in my opinion, is stupid. It's like, I understand. Okay. We're, we're worried about safety. You don't want people getting trampled, right? That's number one. Number two, you don't want an incident with an opposing team. Well, just, you know, no one's going to get trampled if you just let people go down on the field. Um and so, so the, the the bottom line is, we we had Dana Holgerson, the West Virginia coach, come out, this. come out and say uh, it was very unprofessional for the Iowa State <laughs> to rush the field. Our our job is to keep student athletes in a safe place, and we've got thousands of people coming at you. It's not good. There's league rules and league bans against that for a reason. Our job is to keep the players safe. We didn't have time to get them off the field. That was not good. How does a professional fan behave? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Well, we saw the Patriots game the other night, which which you and I have talked about off the air, and I can't uh, present my opinion on the air, obviously, because it's controversial. But you saw the professional fans, you know, throwing beer in the face of players and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know if they want everybody in. Dana wants everybody in tuxedos. I, I I don't know. What's going on? Here? I agree because you don't want people cussing in players' faces and stuff like that. But well, look, here's the here's the end end deal. You're trying at this point. You're trying to police a bunch of Iowans who have been drinking in a cornfield since seven in the morning and appeal to their sense of professionalism. That's, that's what, we're doing, what we're doing here. Yeah, I guess he's saying. I guess his point is it's unprofessional for Kansas State, but. Or Iowa State, excuse me. But how do you stop that? I just don't get how you stop it. Like you said, you bring in the SWAT team. I mean, do you have German shepherds down there? Like what? At what point do we realize this is a football game? And you know, it is what it's going to be. Barbed wire and thumbtacks, man. I think that's the only way to do it. (laughs) Well, I I remember. I think it was like a USC player, like did a forearm shiver to a fan this year, and people like they should press charges. And it's like, no, they shouldn't. We should just move on with our day. Is that, has anybody died? I'm not, I'm not asking to be, I'm actually serious. 
like what is the worst injury in a fan storming or in a field storming thing that's happened in America? I know s- weird things happen in soccer fights overseas. Well, there but, was I mean, a in weird, America, was a big, in college football, has somebody died? No, I don't think so. I think there's been a few, like maybe a players push somebody or vice versa. But of course, there were some incidents in England, but that was where they shoved too many people in the stadium. Yeah, uh, and I know people get trampled and things like that. But yeah, this is not a trampling situation. I, 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 I understand the safety aspect, but I think that's part of what makes college football and college basketball fun. Like storming the court, rushing the field, it's fun. Can we it please is. Just, memories for kids going forward? Right. So, all right, moving on. We had a good one. This is from last week, but Rob, this is uh, this is a Rob Cassidy uh, discussion for sure. So. Jimbo Fisher, last week, uh, the coach of Texas A&M, had a little soapbox moment at the podium, right? Shocking. He says, this is according to, let me uh, give attribution, to Ben Baby, uh, who I famously, uh, you weren't there. I famously once referred, he's an Indian American. (laughs) Native American. No, uh, he's an Indian American. Oh, okay. Like India, I got you. Right. I famously referred to him as Sanjay once in the press box because I thought he was Sanjay, who was another Indian American who worked at Bleacher Report that I had never met before. Now, oh no, Ben worked at the local newspaper in San Antonio and was not a recruiting reporter and had no idea that there was a recruiting reporter named Sanjay. Oh, God. He just thought you were slurring him. <laughs> thought I was being extremely racist. Uh, so I had to apologize uh, vociferously. So uh, hold on. Wait a minute. So you, you call him Sanjay, and then what does he say? He, he just, was like, my name is Ben. <laughs> no, he was like, my name is Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You know, it, it was bad. It was very bad. So, so hold on, uh, But you- I had never... I had never met Sanjay, right? But yeah. it's not like you and I both know that there are not a lot of Indian Americans or any minorities in that matter covering recruiting. Not so, right. uh, which is an issue that we've talked about several times and we would like to rectify. However, I was we were the last three people in the press box. The reason Ben was still in the press box was because he was covering the local San Antonio All-Star game that had started after the ah. Army game. So... I just assumed, you know, there was like the three of us in there. It was probably like me, him, and Ivan's or something <laughs> working late. And uh, so anyway, I had to apologize. Ben has now moved up to the college ranks, and he covers college sports for the Dallas Morning News. He was here at this press conference with Jimbo. He said, uh, Jimbo Fisher on social media. So many kids today, unfortunately, their whole demeanor, how they feel about themselves is what social media says about them, and it's sad. Okay? He continues. Fisher, on today's media climate, you don't have the guys who dig in and do a week-long report on a player and get the actual facts and how things go. Those days are gone. It's just the world we live in. (laughs) Okay? Now, Ben said, Ben replies to that with, (laughs) I have several thoughts about this particular comment, but in the interest of self-preservation, you're not going to hear them. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Which which I agree. So here's the issue. Now, let's set the stage, Rob. You and I have both been beat reporters of FBS college football programs, correct? Yes. Okay. So here's how it works. Sunday night, you have a teleconference 
with the coach, right? Is it is that usually when they do it? They do a Sunday if teleconference. If you cover a normal school, it isn't Bill Snyder. Yes, Sunday. You, you, yes, that's the you do a Sunday teleconference where it's you and the coach and the local media. Then, uh, then usually during the week, Monday is Monday when we have the conference. Depending on what conference you're in, it's either it's one day of week. You have a you have a conference conference call, like a Big Twelve conference call. I think the Big Twelve is on Monday. Tuesday is the ACC, and they they kind of alternate. And so they run through all the coaches. So you're on the phone. It's like, okay, we're bringing on Jimbo Fisher. Okay, we're bringing on Nick Saban, and you can ask whatever question you know you want. Essentially, it's mainly for the visiting team to be to come in and ask, hey, you know, Jimbo, what do you think of Alabama's defense or whatever. So then on Tuesdays at most schools around the country, the coach does a in person press conference. And they typically bring two to three players. Would you say that's normal, Rob? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, two or three. And they let you talk to them at the podium and then maybe get them a sidebar for one-on-one for a little bit if you want. Now, you can request players. uh, And then you can grab players after practice sometimes, you know, maybe on Monday, maybe on Wednesday. And that's basically If the practice is open, which they most of them around the country are not anymore. And then you get to talk to them post-game and then that is it. Well, I remember uh, they had closed practices at UCF when I was covering the team, and then but I would just have to wait around essentially at the practice facility and be like, "Hey, can I talk to, you know, player X?" And then they'd bring them out. Hopefully, they'd be like a mini scrum. So it is impossible. Now, sometimes national media people can kind of parachute into a situation and get a one-on-one interview, but. During the day-to-day slog that is being a beat, a beat writer for the local media, like our boy Ben, he he can't really get that time. So, and a lot of that is laid out. I don't know if it's laid out by the coach. Jimbo is pretty media friendly. When you yeah, say he Robin? does a pretty good job as compared to the coach, it is, it's laid out by the coach. I mean, the coach will. I mean, I think the SID will push a coach to to do more media, and it just depends how you know accommodating said coach is. So that led us to our to our tweet of the week, which we'll get to early as we jump in. Paul Thomas, who used to work for Warchant and used to also work uh, at the local uh, Gwinnett newspaper here in the Atlanta area, <laughs> he retweeted our boy Ben and said, "said It's crazy. It's like reporters all talk to the same player at the same time for a maximum of ten minutes, then can only ask the head coach about them." <laughs> <laughs> well, we should we should see what was the Jimbo quote. You want somebody that you spent two or three weeks really digging in a week. You don't have these guys who dig into a week long report anymore. You think Jimbo would let me dig in and do a week long report on him? I don't. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I highly doubt it. <laughs> now, Jimbo, as I said, Jimbo has always been friendly. I found him uh, even when I was in Florida. He was doing a little circuit. I mean, exponentially friendlier than some other coaches, including, you know, I think at the time. Uh, Urban Meyer was the coach at uh, Florida, and you'd have other coaches come through. I mean, Jimbo would really great. He is folks it up with you, but uh, you can't you can't have those rules on one hand. And and like for example, when you cover a team, if you if you were to text a player and like use those quotes, (laughs) yeah, forget it. You're getting your credential pulled. You're not allowed to. You know now that you can talk to them off the record, but even so, if they find out you're doing that, you're getting in trouble. The most media so, friendly person I ever worked with was Frank Martin when I, he was coaching K State and I was basketball when I was covering him. He would just the SID. He just cut out the SID. You know, if you wanted Frank, you just called Frank. <laughs> he, was, he did not like dealing with sports information people. He was he was a you know a face to face kind of guy. 
<laughs> well, exactly. That, I like the coaches that kind of take things into their own hands. And that's you can always tell on our end if you contact a coach or an assistant and say, hey, can you talk to me for this? And they say, uh, you got to ask whoever, yeah. you know. <laughs> You got to ask the SID as opposed to the other way around where they tell the SID what's going on, uh, which is always, you know, an interesting dynamic. So anyway, not a whole lot to add to that story. I just, I found it interesting. And of course you got the story about me being an accidental racist. Uh, I'm sorry, Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> Still apologize to this day. So uh, you heard the tweet of the week, uh, which came in early. Guess what, Rob? We're, we're, we got a nice short show today. We're doing good at 32 minutes. Let's get into rants and recommendations. So, do you have anything? You haven't been on in a while. I do not have anything, but I could t- t- I could see your accidental racism story with my accidental racism story, if you'd like. Uh, oh, okay, all right. I was at a blackjack table in Las Vegas once, and I was playing, and I was focused on my cards. And the dealer had asked the person that came and sat down next to me, who I had not turned and looked at yet, for an ID. I just hear the conversation. Uh, I haven't looked yet and he doesn't have an ID. He's like, I do have a passport, you know, and I mutter something like along the lines of, well, it's good that you're not on the no fly list. And then I turn over and look at him and he's, you know, he's an Arab guy. And I'm like, oh God, (laughs) that probably sounded so bad. And, you know, I spent the next hour apologizing to this guy who probably was sick of hearing me apologize. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was bad. It was bad, bad, bad. Well, now we know why you wear a safety pin around all the time. Just uh, yeah. remember when that was a thing? Is that still a thing? People know I'm one of the good ones. Yeah, Rob is one of the good ones. So, all right, I've got – guess what? Let's get into the coffee shaming because, Rob, you, do you have coffee every day? No, I'm probably three times a week though. I didn't have any today. Do you get a – so do you get a headache if you don't have it or no, like, how are you no, no, I'm, I, I'm a man of strong conviction that doesn't fall, fall – uh, fall prey to those such such minute details so what do you do when you go to the coffee shop and don't get coffee because you work at coffee shops almost every day no, right not every day i probably three times a week i didn't go anywhere oh, okay so but when i do go there i will get coffee and uh sparkling water okay so i find myself now you know i, I think today is the first i had coffee on sunday and i had coffee today which is wednesday so i'm probably two times a week sometimes more like if when we're on the road if say we're at the an all-American game, you and I are pounding coffee every day, right? Yes. Uh, and then when we come back, we wean off of it. Don't have any coffee for a week, you know, just tough it out with water or whatever. But you've got these people, like like today, you know, I got a uh, – I went down to Chaco Latte. Big shout to them. Uh, and, and, and they know my order now when I walk in, which is good. It's always good. You know, my, my local breakfast spot. Uh, <laughs> My neighborhood, my little secret uh, coffee spot. How did you become the Anthony Bourdain of college football recruiting reporters? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, guess what? Get, go. <laughs> Chocolate is nice. I, I wish I could work there more, but I'm, it's not like – I notice a lot of the coffee shops you in have, you work in have good table setups. This is more of like let's hang out and work on our poetry type coffee shop. Oh, like, so it's like – like- Cushy like recliner chairs and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, like old couches that are comfortable, but like when you sit down, they're really hard to get up from. Uh, things like that. There's art for sale. Uh, see, that's it's the thing about Miami. Miami. There are no real artists here because everybody is for decoration only. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's absolutely no depth to them, so it's just you know, looking good sitting at tables. Right. Well, these are like Emory College students. It's right by uh, Emory University. So, uh, anyway, you know, I tend to. I always get like. 
you know, I would say childish drinks is how I describe them. I get like a frappuccino or like a frappe or I get some type of, you know, iced coffee mocha where I'm like, please make it sweet. I'm a, I'm an, I'm an infant, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) I basically want it to taste like chocolate milk. So, so today that's what I got. And then it's like, oh, so I was like, oh, you know, I wanted to get some coffee and someone's like, that's not coffee. (laughs) A stranger? It's like. Uh, I, I put it on social media and got a response. Uh, okay. Uh, wow. I'm shocked so, that you put something on Twitter and somebody will actually do. Well, so, you know, like, I, first of all, it has a shot of espresso in it, right? It's a coffee-based drink. This is not, you know, milk and sugar. Now, there's a lot of sugar in it, um, no doubt. They put real Oreos in there, Rob. This is not like a cookies and cream mix. You watch them drop the Oreos in the blender. You're having, you're having so that's a how coffee-flavored milkshake. Right, exactly. Well, they don't put milk in it. It's coffee, the mix, and some some Oreos. Because okay. actually, I, I said once, I was like, oh, she was like, you want to get that? And I was like, no, I don't want to have any dairy today. And she's like, oh, there's no milk in it. I was like, really? Huh. <laughs> uh, so I even thought there was until like two weeks ago. But anyway, I said, oh, I had a shot of espresso in it. And they're like, a shot? What? <laughs> oh, my God, just one shot? It's like... That's a that's a lot. That's enough coffee for me for an entire day, isn't it? For yeah, you, I'm a strict one caffeine haver. Uh, if I have any more, I start feeling jittery and anxious. Well, but it's like, what do you want me to be? One of these people who come in? Oh, give me extra shots. You know, half. You know, low cal sweetener, one pump. Like, get out of. You are at fault. You're the you're in the wrong. Guess what? Wait, like imagine how this is how peer pressuring happens with drugs. It's like, oh, you're just gonna have one joint. <laughs> you know, I'm mainlining heroin over here. I've had some Turkish heroin. <laughs> right. It's like if if I want to, that's coffee. I'm having coffee. So if someone has one cup of coffee, do you go knock it out of their hands? Be like, here, try this. You know, <laughs> like what what is this type of coffee? But the people are all drinking this coffee. It's I'm, some type I'm going of to assume that the that the person that chastised you on the internet for this was a male. No, wow! I was going to think it was definitely one of these like uh, you you know you wuss kind of guys that's you know kind of trying to show off the masculinity by I drink coffee black. But no, there's this people who drink this type of coffee. I can't remember what it's called. They're like oh bulletproof coffee. That's it. Uh, have you heard about it? I have not, but I will give it a look. It's like has to do with like some type of it, – it goes with like the keto diet or whatever. Oh, boy. Yeah, um, I see it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, low carb and sugar-free. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. But anyway. <laughs> it triggers weight loss by what? No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Just, it, that, it does. I'm done with this stuff. It does not. It is coffee. It does not trigger it's, weight loss unless it's an over-the-counter, you know, HGH-bearing diet pill. I, I don't think that this bulletproof coffee is your is your ticket to having, you know, a body like Zac Afron. Yeah, it's just, it's just coffee. Now I'm mad. Um, oh, it's a weight uh, loss coffee. I uh, it was one of those, okay, one so of the those person, people that criticized you? No, so the person redeemed. I said, I then retorted, I'm not addicted to coffee. I said, I, I use coffee. I don't let coffee use me. And then the person replied, I wish I could say the same. I am an addict. So they admitted that they are addicted to said coffee. So uh, long story short, don't coffee shame people. I'm sick of this. Like, you are not, you are not superior because you know, you've built up such a tolerance that you can't drink coffee. 
Oh my god! I'm on this bulletproof coffee website. I am so mad. I I, I have. Okay. I, I am so mad. I, I I'm gonna explode. This coffee is claiming to not only boost your energy but to boost your memory. Yeah, it, it, it contains something that they're calling brain octane oil. This is guys. Am I being punked? This can't be real. There are people in the world that, that believe that this coffee is going to make their memory better and make them lose weight just by sitting – who is this marketed to? Keto, keto Guido. Hey, I understand that the diet works, I'm not, but, but it's because of, you're not eating as much food or carbs. It's not because you're drinking coffee and your memory is getting better. Brain octane oil sounds like a potion from a Zelda game. <laughs> okay, so <he's, laughs> – <laughs> All right, I've closed it. I can't look at this anymore. So it's all in the same realm as these, uh, as the uh, CBD oil people, and which which I recently did some reading on today, which basically said there's no it, CBD oil is for, is for like moms that want to. It's for like cool moms that want to smoke weed, but just can't commit to smoking weed. So no, but it's, it's taking the chicken exit. There are a lot of there are a lot of health benefits allegedly that are unfounded. So here's so let's go to the criticism. Dietitians point out there is no scientific claims for base for basis of an IQ boost, and that any sense of alertness from bulletproof coffee is just caffeine buzz. An IQ boost? They're, they're trying to sell IQ boosts too. This is the worst Some product positions. in the history of the world. I- okay, okay. <laughs> Some physicians believe that when combined with a balanced diet. Drinking buttered coffee could be healthy and might give you a bit more energy than your everyday cup. So there you have it. It might. It could and it might. You know, if we don't lock a bunch of people in a room with bulletproof coffee until they cure cancer, what have we really done as a society? (laughs) I like that you didn't know about bulletproof coffee until just I wish I hadn't. I I wish I didn't know People. People probably think this is a bit. This is not a bit. This was this came uh, this was live local and late. So, breaking, but how do so. I not know about this? Is it one of these like pyramid schemes that happens on Facebook? Usually, when I don't know about something, it's, it's because it happens on Facebook. Oh uh, well, I don't know. I thought we burned Facebook and wiped the earth of its uh, existence, but salted, salted <laughs> yeah. the earth. Salted the earth. Um, I I have seen it on Facebook, but it goes with first of all, it goes with. Uh, it goes along with the paleo slash uh, paleo slash keto diet people, and I'm trying to think of what the other things that goes with it is. I'm trying. To, there is a person I know that I went to high school with that is hard into these. Uh, where, where did he go? Oh, oh, I just I thought, are we going to get in trouble for me making fun of this company because they're an advertiser or a possible advertiser? Well, it's not really a company. It's not really a company. I don't. Hopefully not. Um, it's more of just a style. I, I mean, I think they're. I think it's branded as bulletproof coffee, but I think several different companies make it. If somebody uh, comes to me and tells me that the coffee is going to give me a higher IQ, I'm just going to punch them in the face. That's it. Traeger also has something to do with uh, Traeger Grills, which I think is a company that's. It's all part of the same world because this guy's always cooking meats and drinking bulletproof coffee and. Uh, and when a Traeger must be similar to kind of like your big green egg type situation. Um, 
But anyway, so maybe you can appreciate that of being a barbecue connoisseur as you are. But uh, anyway, let us know if you drink bulletproof coffee. And <laughs> if, if you drink you bulletproof coffee, I want Rob to die now for insulting you, please. <laughs> yeah, please let us know. Leave a bad review. Uh, a recommendation for me would be to not drink as much coffee. Wean yourself off of it if you're addicted. Uh, I, I know Mr. Shut Up and Train is always saying, don't drink your calories. So uh, uh, big shout to him on that one. I would also recommend Big Mouth, season two, now on Netflix. This is a cartoon show that is very crass about uh, these kids going through puberty and whatnot, but it is hilarious. Very funny. I know you hate cartoons, Rob. So, I enjoyed uh, the episode of Rick and Morty that you made me watch. That was good. Oh, yeah, I did. I did make you watch uh, Rick and Morty because Rob and I were actually out. Uh, we were out at some, you know, when, when when I go out with bars to Rob, generally I try to find a place where we can play games so I can have fun because I do not drink. And uh, we found a place that had like this mini bowling alley where the ball was like the size of a softball, essentially. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. And they had one of those toy grabbing machines. Yeah, it was called Ferbs, uh, the name of the place, right? Ferbs in uh, St. Petersburg. A uh, big shout to them. And uh, it had one of those like, you know, stuffed animal grabbers. And there was a stuffed animal in there from Rick and Morty that I was obsessed with. And Rob didn't understand why. So then I had to show him the episode. But I'm not going to say the name of the character because it might get us in trouble. This was after I beat the Oregon Lumberjack and throw axe throwing. Well, okay. As as stated prior, there was some uh, chicanery with the scoring system because the girl was not giving me points for hitting the bullseye. And then, and then you hit it and she's like, oh, yeah, that's more points. And I was like, well, what about the first three times I hit it? Hey, winners don't, don't blame the referees. That's all I know. Yeah. Well, this was not a referee. This was a scantily clad girl <laughs> and it, uh, uh, who was in charge of axe. By the way, it's not axe throwing. That was hatchet throwing too, by the yeah, way. Whatever. Uh, the hatchet throwing champion of rivals.com. That's all I know. Yeah. yeah. For the time being, yes, you technically uh, are the champion. But guess what? We don't have to go to a place, Rob. I got trees in my yard and I have actual axes. So uh, the next time you're in Atlanta. We right, so now you get to play a home match. game? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I was on the road. That was a neutral site uh, game, but you had more you had more fans there than me. Yeah, just the referee. Um, so watch Big Mouth. It's very funny. I would highly recommend it. Uh, also, let's see anything else. We, we any any other stories? I I had a I had a funny story. I was going to tell. It was a throwback Woody crazy story, but I can't remember what it was now. It was I, something stupid I did. I told it last night uh, to somebody, and then I was like, I should tell that on the podcast, but now I can't remember it, so we'll have to wait. Uh, we're still stuck on 97 reviews. I don't know how we are, we're losing reviews, people. Just find um, one of these bullet coffee <laughs> like message boards for enthusiasts and post the podcast on there. We'll get 100 reviews. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get uh, yeah, but our rating will go from five stars to two <laughs> yeah, stars. Absolutely. Can you believe these people don't believe that coffee can make you smarter? What a bunch of idiots! <laughs> Not just coffee, a specific type of coffee. <laughs> oh, by the way, this person, this person who corrected me about oh, you only have one shot was was drinking Vietnamese coffee. I was like, what does that mean? Like, what is Vietnamese? Because that. Does that just mean the coffee was grown in, yeah, in Vietnam? The beans are probably in Vietnam instead of South America. <sighs> well, big shot to Vietnam. My dad spent a lot of time there. <laughs> he didn't have a. He didn't. He didn't, have a lot of he didn't like to talk about it. 
Yeah, he didn't. He didn't like to talk about it very much. Uh, surprisingly, so uh, that wraps it up for us. Uh, short and sweet, forty-seven minutes. Rob, in and out. Uh, we will be back with a new episode next week. Leave us a review. Tell a friend, and uh, hopefully we get some sound effects back here. I need to upload them to the. New I just computer. missed the Embu's theme song. It's such a good song. Yeah, I had. You know what? I was on Dropbox. I did download. Hold, hold on a second. <laughs> you gonna play, you play us out? Well, no, I definitely downloaded a song from M Deuce, thinking it was the, thinking it was the one, and it was not. So, so uh, we got oh, we got new M Deuce heat. Oh, he's a, he, he sent me so so much music. Let's see what uh, let's see what this is. All right, M Deuce is back to play us out with this song, uh, which I have never heard before, except for the one time I listened. Let's to go. It.